0: How many of you enjoy worship this morning? Let me tell you something. Worship is really a reflection of what's going on, on the inside. When you understand how much God loves you, it brings you up to a place of worship. My name is actually Alfredo Canencia, the Community Pastor Coach here. And uh, we're starting our new series. But before we do that, I wanted to just kind of uh, acknowledge that something happened this past week. I want to call on um, Moku Sierra, if you can come up here. Uh, you know, our leaders out in our Nanakuli uh, site there. You know, this past week, Moku Sierra and uh, Leahi, or who's the administrator, we went to Nani Kapono Elementary School uh, for a walkthrough. We, we're trying to see if we can probably, you know, maybe have our site uh, that's at Moku's house to actually happen in, in uh, Nani Kapono Elementary School. And as we went there, they made the contact, and I went with them. Um, you know, we had early morning; it was eight o'clock, driving all the way out to Nanakuli. <laughs> Yeah, there's no traffic. I, by the way, if you're going out that way, it's yeah, the perfect time. Yeah, to, it's a perfect time to drive out to the west side. But what happened was, uh, I w- we were just waiting in the office, and um, we were supposed to meet with this woman who's. We thought at the time she was just one of the administrators. Yeah. yeah, not really knowing that she was actually the vice, vice principal. principal. <laughs> and she comes out, and as soon as she comes out, I says, "Hey, Pastor Coach," and I realized, "Oh, oh, okay, I know her. I don't know, I don't know her, but she knows me." And then, and then we found out, lo and behold, that she used to come to Pearlside Church back in the LCC, LCC
1: days. yeah. So there was a there,
0: yeah, was connected, connection with her, and, and just the fact that, you know, she's the VP like over the facilities. Well, let me tell you what, I already immediately know that God has given us favor and open door. So, you know, there's some pictures you can see up there, uh, the beautiful thing. But Moku, tell us about it. We walked on that campus, we got all fired up because you can see that place filled with yeah. people.
1: Yeah, no, you know, it's so good, um, we walked into the office and they got their mission and their vision, yeah. uh, you know, right there. And, and it said that they, they help raise up leaders.
0: Come on. Yeah.
1: And how, how many of us know that that's what Pro-Side Church is all about? Yes. The next generation raising up them as leaders because mm-hmm. they will be our potential leaders. And Nani ikopono. Uh, Right. It means in Hawaiian to seek righteousness. Wow. That's great. And I don't know about you, but the kingdom of God is all about seeking righteousness. Yes. Amen. And we could just see, you know, God's ordained uh, movement in there, his hand upon everything. But, you know, to, to there, the, there was a lot of
0: parking spaces. Oh, we're not going to have a problem with parking. That's for sure. Yeah. But just seeing that, I mean, what about some thoughts from you, Sierra? you know, as we were there while you guys knew a lot of people there, too. See, that's the
1: funny thing I wanted to say is, like, as soon as we walked into the office, it's like... Hi, uncle. He's yeah. the um, the janitor. You know, yeah. he does the maintenance. And then it's like, oh, my cousin is there. She works there. And then our admin, Leah, she knows all oh, the office ladies. Right, right. She's a nurse at Winna Intermediate. So, of course, she knows the nurses there at Nani Kapono. So she was like, oh, this is God ordained. And yeah. we just were like, we wanted to cry
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like happy tears because we were like, oh, my gosh, the Lord didn't call us here for nothing. Right, like, yeah. this is it. It's done, sealed, delivered.
0: This is our new home. And we're so blessed because, man, I don't got to clean my house every Sunday.
1: (laughs) Woo, my kids be making a mess. So I'm like, right on, quick, clean, head to the church. But it's so awesome.
0: (laughs) But you know, the beautiful thing is we have service tonight, uh, you know, at the uh, Kuli at at their home. And then, you know, on the 18th, tell us what's happening on the 18th.
1: Yes, the 18th, we will be moving officially to Nanakopola Elementary School. Yes. Uh, at 5.30 p.m., um, and, you know, we have a Christmas Ohana gathering right. uh, where, where we get to worship with, with uh, the kids and, you know, the parents and whatnot. But I, I believe God is going to, you know, use this opportunity to reach the next generation and uh, the older, the mature generation. <laughs> yes, right. As we say. You know,
0: it's so beautiful about it. In the back of the uh, cafeteria, there was the Boys and Girls Club. I mean, you talk about youth all over the place, and I, I can see us partnering with them in reaching the next generation. But I'm, I'm excited, and Amen. we went to Zippy's after. We were all excited, <laughs> eating and just thinking about what God is yes. going to do. So on the 18th is the first service there, yes. and we'll see where God leads us. Uh, we're going like Amen. two times a month in person in Nanakuli and two times online. But we want, we're looking at adding one more week, and Amen. as we move for the new year. Yes. All right. Thank you guys for coming up here. Great. Yeah. 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 West site. <laughs> you got to know how to. Oh, yeah. I was just. Yeah. You got to know. You got to know how to use it. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Mililani is also going to be having a, a Christmas service on the 18th, which is at Kipapa Elementary School. I mean, that's the only place I see that they have the, There's the parking and there's covering for the parking. I mean, you can't ask for anything more, you know. Uh, but, you know, um, Liko and Nikki is leading the charge on the 18th. They're having their Christmas celebration there. And, uh, you know, if you know people who live in Mililani and Nanakuli, invite them to join us there because we're about expanding the kingdom, okay? It's not about doing our own thing. It's not a pearl side thing. It's really the kingdom of God thing. We want to expand the kingdom of God. Well, today I'm talking to you about born in love, uh, part one of our series, Wrapped in Love. And I, you know, we celebrate Christmas because we celebrate Jesus' birth. God, God, born in human flesh, in Jesus, has great significance and meaning to our everyday lives. It reveals God's great love for us and demonstrates that God is near and that He cares for us. Jesus' life and truth. Our scriptures show that God understands what we go through and cares deeply about our struggles and our pains. You might be here today and you're going through some pain or or adversity or struggles in your life. Let me tell you what, God is concerned about those things in your life. He's not far off in the heavens where he cannot relate to you. He is concerned. And let me tell you what, he is just a prayer away. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Well, our response is to draw near to God by placing our faith in Him, which brings salvation, transformation, and help in time of need. Look with me, in, found in the Bible, in uh, uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 4 to 14. I'm going to read you an account when Jesus was born. And, you know, we don't, we don't want to wait for Christmas Day to start talking about Christmas. I mean, you know, Christmas is every day. Christmas, God gives us a gift of life every day when you wake up. And what you do with that, man, let me tell you what, is your reflection of your love for God. So when you respond to God's love, you can't help but love Him and love other people. But in verse 4 in Luke chapter 2, he says this, Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. What happened is the Roman uh, Empire was was having everyone to be registered because they wanted to tax everyone. And so they were going back to their own place where they were originally from. That's where David, I mean where um, you, you, uh, Joseph was from. David was from that place. And what happened is. He was, he was from where David was in, in, in Bethlehem. Now it goes on to say this. In, uh, he went there to register. And uh, verse 6. While they were there. They, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn. A son. She wrapped him in cloths. And placed him in a manger. Because there were no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields there nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Tell the person next to you, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom He favors. His favorite rest, Father, bless your word, God. Help us to get through this, Lord. Help us to take and glean the truths from this passage and our lives, God, that we can walk in a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Well, Jesus, God in God in the flesh became one of us because He loves us. Tell the person next to you, God loves us. He loves us. See, we have to understand, and when the Bible brings out, Luke noted that that that. that Jesus, when he was born, in the ESV, he, says he was born and he was wrapped with swaddling cloths. Twice it says this in the text. And there's a, there's a significance about that. He wanted us to see that God, the God of heaven took on humanity with all its challenges and flaws. The God of heaven came wrapped in humanity. They probably weren't sanitary cloths. They were like dirty since they were in a manger, now the manger was basically um, where, where Jesus was born. The manger was basically a food trough. It's where, where the animals would go and get their food from. So we, we see, since there, it was a manger, it might have been the cloths that used on the animals. They, they wrapped the Son of God in dirty rags. What does this show? Well, the God of heaven is okay with your mess. He's okay with the mess mess in your life. He's okay with all the problems and the things of your life. You see, God is concerned and He knows about the mess in your life. And He wants to be near to us. If, If the God of heaven is okay with His Son being born in a stinky manger wrapped in stinky cloths, I'm pretty sure that He's okay with your mess and with my mess. You have to understand like God came, he sent his son, and when he came, Jesus came, he came to the mess that's in your life. He didn't come to say, hey, clean up yourself, get yourself right before you come to me. No, he said, come just as you are. And he loves you today. He loves you so much today. You know, the reality of it is that God loves you more than you ever understand. See, we look at love from the world perspective. You do this for me, I love you. And we, we, we put love on a performance track. And when we perform, then what happens is we receive love. But let me tell you what, God loves you today. He loves you tomorrow, and He loves you forever. It's an unconditional love. It's not based on your performance. It's based on your relationship with Him. It's a love of a different kind, a love of another another world, but it's a love that God wants to breathe in us today. You see, some of us, we have in our mind that God is up on the heavens and he has a long beard and he has a stick in his hand. And in his other hand, he has some lightning bolts waiting to punish us every time we do something wrong. And we have this concept of God the Father. And that's why we're living our lives more like by the law and try to do everything on our own strength. But when you realize God is not like that, he has his arm extended to you. He's a loving God who accepts you and loves you just the way you are. Oh, someone needed to hear that today. Some of you got to get off the treadmill of life uh, and thinking about, oh, I got to do more. I got to do, do, do to be loved by God. No, you don't have to do. You just have to be in a relationship with Him. I want to talk to you about that later and how you can come into that relationship with, with God. You see, I got a quote here and you can see it on screen. Only God can turn a mess into a message. A test into a testimony, a trial into a triumph, a victim into a victory. Only God can do that. You might be sitting here today, or you're watching online, and you say, man, you just don't know my life, Pastor Coach. I messed up. Let me tell you what, Jesus came for you, and he loves you today in your mess." in your miry clay, in the in the darkness of your cave. He loves you. And let me tell you what, He has a plan and purpose for your life. And He wants you to know that you can overcome the darkness. You can overcome your sin. You can overcome the addiction when you have a relationship with Him. Can I hear an amen, somebody? You see, when you understand that God wants to take our imperfection and the way we are, and He wants to make something beautiful out of our lives. See, some of you, you may sit here today, you say, well... I've done some things I'm not proud of, Pastor Coach. And you, you live in the shame of your, of your condemnation of the past, and it just drags you down. It's like a, like a chain on your, your leg. Every time you take steps forward, you get dragged back. Let me tell you what Jesus, He died on the cross to break that chain. You can be free of that today. You ask me how I know. Well, let me tell you what. He broke a lot of chains in my life. I stand here today not in perfection that I got it all together. I stand here alone by the grace and by the grace of God. Can I hear an amen, somebody? It's the grace of God working in our lives. We don't deserve it. Look at me in John 3, 16 and 17. You might say, hey, Pastor Coach, I know that scripture, but let's read with, this, with some fresh eyes right now. It says, For God so loved the world, See, you got to remember that the Old Testament, the Israelites say God loved Israel. But you see, when you come into the New Testament, God loved the world. He he loves us all. And let me tell you what, He said He gave His one and only Son. See, God didn't just say, I love you from heaven. His love was demonstrated by the the fact that He gave His own Son. He was generous. He gave us His best. He gave us His Son. And He says that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. See, eternal life is not just a destination. Eternal life begins here in a relationship with Him. That's why we have to understand that really it's about uh, believing in Jesus. Who you believe in today. Because who you believe in will affect the way you behave in life. If you believe in yourself, then let me tell you what, yourself will take you only so far, but it will end, you'll hit the wall, so to speak, and not be able to go further. Who you you in, Because your beliefs will, will affect your behavior. If you believe in the scriptures, you believe in the word of God, let me tell you what, it's going to affect the way you behave. Because it's inside out, it's not outside in. I'm not just trying to work on my behavior on the outside. I'm allowing God to work on me on the inside. You see, a lot of times the world try to work on the outside. You know, the way you dress, the way you look, the car you drive, the house you have, the nice white picket fence. And it's all on the outside. But let me tell you what, God is concerned on what's going on the inside of your life. That's why the Bible says guard your heart. Why? Because out of your heart, out of the innermost being will flow the issues of life. It starts from the inside. He says, Christ has to become the, the, the center of our life. And when he comes into our life, he takes over. When we surrender our lives to him, you're going to hear a powerful testimony of what it means. So surrender your life to Christ. When he does that, let me tell you what, the power that's working on the inside begins to come on the outside. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Like verse 17, God did not send his son into the world to get, to condemn him. Let me tell you what, Jesus didn't come to condemn you. He came to give you life and that more abundantly. He wants to give you life. He wants to give you a purpose. Don't listen to the lie of the enemy. That that Jesus came and he wants to condemn you. That's not the truth. He came to give us life. And he wants us to have it more abundantly. See, Jesus became one of us. Why? Because not just did he loved us. He wants to save us. Look at me in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 to 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, we find here the high priest entered into the presence of God in the temple and offered sacrifices on behalf of the people. While Jesus, who was the final sacrifice, he entered into God's presence and presented himself as a sacrifice, the ultimate flawless sacrifice to save us. And so what happened is. He went and he died on the cross. That was a sacrifice. And that because of that you can be saved today. It's because of his death. His death certificate. That brings a birth certificate. In our lives. Into the kingdom of God. That's why you have to understand. Everything starts at the cross. Everything goes through the cross. If you're going to understand this walk with God. You have to understand what Jesus did for you. On the cross. And you understand that, let me tell you what, it captures your heart. It brings you to a whole new level of understanding what Jesus wants to do in our lives. Now, we find here he experienced life just as we are. He suffered. He cried. He experienced loss. And, you know, he experienced death. He was rejected of all men. So he understands the pain and the suffering that we go through in life. And he can identify with us. The Bible says he empathizes. See, there's one thing about sympathy. Sympathy is like, I feel sorry for you, but you're there and I'm here. Empathy is where I, I really have compassion for you, but I put myself in your shoes. How many you know what I'm talking about? The, you empathize. And you, well, Jesus, he empathizes with us, with our weaknesses and our brokenness. And why? Because he wants, to, he wants to turn all of those things that is broken in our lives, He wants to turn it around for your glory, for His glory. And then when He does that, He has to work in our lives. So understanding that the pain and the suffering that you go through is not by accident. Let me tell you what, God will use those areas. Those adversity that you face and the things that you've gone through. You might say, Pastor Coach, you don't understand what I've been through. Let me tell you what, Jesus understands. And he wants to bring you from a place of darkness and a place of, of confusion and bring you to a higher ground. A place where you can stand on the rock of Jesus Christ and begin to see with, with vision about your purpose in life today. Some of you, you may feel like you're confused or you're like in the desert and you're going around and you're not, know, not knowing which way it is. Let me tell you what, you trust God, you walk with God, God will clear it up for you. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. He will open up your eyes and begin to see life from His vantage point. Some of you, you're looking at life through your own eyes and your own ways. And God will say, I want to lift you higher. That's why He said we're like an eagle. He wants us to mount up with wings like eagles and begin to see life from His perspective. Let me tell you what, there's a lot of hope, a lot of peace, a lot of joy when you see it from God's perspective. Oh, Some of you ought to say amen on that. That's what the Lord wants to do, is to stir us up in that. So when we look at our lives, all the things that we're going through, let me tell you what, God will use those areas. He will will rebuild your life. He will give you hope and all of a sudden build a platform for you to be like a a showcase of, of his glory, his power. I want to tell the person next to you, God is not finished with you yet. He's not finished with you yet. Some of you, you're right in the middle of the cooking. He's not finished with you yet. You have to trust Him. Some of you, you're just in the locker room, halftime, that's how I look at my life. I'm I'm halftime in the locker room. I'm making some necessary adjustments because I'm going to get out on the court, on the field of life. I'm going to play again, but I'm going to play different now. I'm not going to play on my own strength, my own ability. I'm going to play by the grace of God in my life. Walking with God on that and understanding that. but well, see, Jesus came because He loved us. He came because he, 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 he wants to save us. And then my last point, Jesus became one of us to transform us. Look what the Bible tells us in 1 John 3, verse 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. See, God, He has so much love. He just want to lavish on, on all of us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, dear friends. Now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. See what happened? God wants to not just save us. He wants to transform us. He wants to transform us, not just to so we could people come to God. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna be successful, I wanna be rich, I wanna have this. No, he wants to transform you to be more like Jesus. That's why he came to change us on the inside out. I have a quote and you can see it up on screen. It says that God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you. That way, He wants you to be just like Jesus. So He wants to transform you. Some of you, you've been walking with God for a while. You know what it is to be loved by God. You know what it is to be saved. And the word saved can also mean healing. You know what it is to receive healing from God. But you see, you walk and you keep walking the same way. But God now, He wants to bring you to a walk of transformation. He wants to change you. He doesn't want you to live the same way, but you have to give Him permission. That's why the, the people tell me, where does your life really begin, coach? It begins when you surrender at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, not my will, but Your will be done. It starts right there. And today we have a, a powerful testimony, a good friend of mine. I want you to welcome to the stage David Silva. David, you got a microphone in here? David, you got to stay close. David, you got to stay. Okay, now, I know this guy for many, many years. Okay, people say, "How do you hang around, David Silver? It sounds like he's a Portuguese guy. Well, David Silver, he's actually half Filipino. Okay, he's Filipino, oh, and his mom is Scottish. So you try to figure that one out, you know. So we we hung around each other from when we were young, but something happened in in our lives. Uh, uh, it happened in his life first, and then, you know that what happened is uh, David encountered the love of God in his life. Uh, Tell us how, how, what happened, because something happened in your life. We graduated from high school, from the great school, Farrington High School. I see, I notice you have maroon and white, yeah, maroon color here. And and, and and we were, you know, just kind of partying, doing all the crazy things that sometimes young, 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 uh, young teenagers do. But something happened that, that, got, that radically changed your life, and it, it, it affected my life. Talk to us about
2: that, yeah. Uh, Before I share that, uh, Coach and I, we've been friends, I think this is 47 years now, and um, how, I I think it's because I was the closest being able to see eye to eye with him, (laughs) if you know what I mean. Um, He's trying to be funny now, okay? (laughs) So we became best friends, I think, uh, it had to be in the eighth grade, seventh grade, we just kind of, you know, was getting uh, to know each other, but 47 years have come and gone, So I take you back to 1981 as a freshman in college, Um, uh, the month was November, Um, wasn't interested in finding out who God was or is, wasn't interested in developing uh, a religion or a relationship with the God of heaven. What I was interested in is developing a relationship with certain females. And so, um, but the catch was they were going to church. And so I got the invitation, and, and like any other young guy, is like, oh, "Okay, go check him out. You know, maybe can hook up or whatever, right?" And so that thought, floating, motives. Just ulterior motives, ulterior right? motives, yeah, right, right? God was Get furthest hurt. from my mind. Um, so I took the invitation. November fifteenth was the first Sunday of nineteen eighty one. Went to church. Uh, wrong motives, but lo and behold, I experienced and encountered the presence of God. Yes. And it was so genuine and so real that I showed up the following Sunday, November 22nd. <clears throat> and uh, I gave my life to the Lord that night, November 22nd, 1981. And being my uh, best yeah, friend... I, I remember that because we picked you up after. Yeah. And uh, just a side note, you know, he he shares once in a while about yeah those days when we used to smoke pot and we used to go cruising, yeah. roll up the windows with the hand, start blowing the Pacalolo all over the place. Creating a chamber. Yeah, creating, creating a, a, chamber, a yeah. chamber of smoke, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I was transformed uh, November 22nd. And transformation came pretty quickly. Uh, I stopped smoking, stopped drinking, stopped cussing and swearing. Yeah. And uh, I was so courteous of the guys in the car, the other three. Right, um, Ted Lubong, who wasn't a pastor... Back then, uh, he's at Grace Bible Honolulu, a pastor now. Yeah. This guy's a pastor. Go figure, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but I was being courteous. So rolled the window up and kept it cracked so I could, you know, breathe the outside air while these guys take in all the pot smell, right? Yeah, and So yeah. I got my version to that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. transformation occurred almost he's immediately. He's not even me a chance to share my yeah. version. And so... Um, I invited him. I say, "Hey, yeah. I, I cannot explain it. Yeah. I don't have the words to explain what I experienced right. because it was so fresh and new. You know, unlike the Jehovah's Witness meetings, which my mom used to drag me to, yeah. or childhood Catholic um, services, this was just something totally unexpected. But wow! I just the presence of God just grabbed my heart from day one, and 41 complete years later." still walking this faith, uh, this journey. Yeah, I remember when, the, uh, let me just go back a
0: little bit, uh, you know, the chamber in the car. Well, Dave, well, they, they, you got to come closer with the camera. You know, they, they can't lose you. But, you know, we, we picked him up from church. We took him, and, you know, he was so, like, real holy out thou. So we thought, well, we're going to bring him down a little bit. So we brought him in the car, and we started to light up Pacalola. We were blowing that thing in his face. And I remember he was like, he was trying to hold his breath, you know, to kind of, like, not breathe. And, and I, I saw him and he said, well, you know, I don't, I'm not like this anymore. I'm serving God. And, and then I, I, I wasn't even a Christian back then. I was telling legal. I got convicted. So when I did roll the windows down, let the fresh air come in. And, and I saw that he's willing to make a stand and not do that with us anymore. Of course, that irritated the hell out of me. But I saw him change. And, and then I started thinking, hey, I got to check out this this church too so he invited me but you know me men and men we never listened to each other we got you know we we're best friends but we got a lot of pride but it took two girls the same two girls that brought him in yeah. they hooked me in after and I told myself I'm going to church with those girls but then when we walked in and we like this what you heard him say, we encountered Jesus and I realized man uh, God used them to bring us in and you've been walking with the Lord for a while and uh, you know but you know you've went, went through some adversity in your life Uh, I think it was 2011, 2012, when we started this congregation. And and something happened uh, of of adversity that really God allowed that to happen, but to bring you into a deeper walk and transformation in God. Talk to us about that.
2: I think it was the second service uh, after Pro Highlands opened up. So November uh, 11th, around there, 13th, uh, came here. Wasn't on the worship team or anything. Went to work thereafter. At work, went to use the restroom, started passing blood. And I'm like, wow, that's peculiar. And so uh, I ended up going uh, to the toilet five times that day and night. And every episode, my urine got darker and darker. And the the fifth time, it just freaked me out because it was like red as wine. Say, "Um, honey, let's go down to polymomy because we need to check this out. Went there, x-rayed. He say, hey, Mister Silva, you have a a tumor on your right kidney, and it's about ten centimeters large. Um, and by the looks of it, um, there's almost no way we can just eliminate the tumor without having to take the kidney with it. To so, to start in the story, November uh, February fourteenth, Valentine's Day, twenty twelve, I went under the knife, had my tumor and the right kidney taken out. Let me
0: stop you right there. You know, because, now I grew up in Kali. I don't really, uh, you know, I know you get two kidneys, but I never knew that you could live with only one kidney. So when they say they have to remove his kidney, I was thinking like, I'm going to lose my friend. I remember in the hospital, I was like freaking out because I said, someone got to explain this to me. But then he went, you know, through the surgery and realized he lives on one kidney. So he lives really uh, his life in trusting God because, um, but God did something amazing. Like he transformed you because you went from just kind of serving God on, on a, you know, it's like normal, but God wanted you to come to a higher level of transformation. Talk, talk to us about that. Yes, yeah.
2: so that higher level, you know, there's some of you that might be here like, God, I've been walking with you 30 years as, as I was doing. Why? I, I've been the healthiest individual uh, to my knowledge. Don't have a personal physician. And now this? Why? You know, how could it happen to me, Mr. Healthy? But it did. And uh, I just felt the peace of God say, it's going to be okay. You're going to go under the knife, but it's all going to turn out. So I was in the hospital for five and a half days. And when you're in a position like that, you got time to think. You evaluate your Christian walk. You evaluate your relationships. And so I'm lying in bed and I'm just thinking, God, I don't want to be the same believer that I was the first 30 years which was good. Went to small group, worship team, never missed a Sunday service. My wife can attest to that. But there was, there was something more. And this is where the second transformation happened in my life. You talk about a total surrender. It was then February of 2012 that I totally surrendered my life. And you would hear like that song we sing, my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself. I give myself to you. And I've been walking as such since then. Say, so God, you know my heart. I am totally surrendered to you. When I go to small group, it's not about um, what I can receive, but what I can impart. Amen. Build the faith of other people. When I'm on the worship team, it's being part of the team. So you talk about money, time, availability, and treasure, yep. treasure yeah. that's all surrendered to Him. And right. that's an honest statement. And if you are here today and you might be facing something similar like, man, I, I got this procedure coming up or this uncertain situation. Know that God loves you so much that He don't want you to stay in that mindset but He wants to bring us out into a much meaningful, deeper relationship with him. So this is like the second part of my journey uh in this, you know, forty-first going into the forty-second year of my walk with Christ. I mean he he loves you, he loves me so much that, you know, you say just just trust me. It's all gonna turn out okay. You know, the the awesome thing is that you know when God saves
0: us, he transforms us, but it he doesn't stop. He continues to transform us. Because God wants us to change us from faith to faith, from glory to glory, all for the purpose of becoming more like him. Give us a parting shot that maybe just to encourage someone here today. Maybe they're here and, um, you know, they, they, they need the experience of God's love or perhaps they need to be saved. And or maybe God wants to transform them. How would you encourage them today?
2: Yeah, so um, before I give you your parting shot, um, we all know the song. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Yeah. Earth, that's you and I. Yes. If you want to experience joy? You need to receive the King of kings, Amen. the Lord of lords, into your heart. You think about that first line. You know, Let earth receive her King. We don't receive Christ into our lives. We won't experience the joy yes. that God is talking about. So my parting shot, from the very beginning of my walk with God, I always had this in mind. Lord, I want to be looked at as being great in your eyes. And the only way that I know of is that your word reveals to me, you want to be as such? Here it is. Learn to be the servant of yes. all. Yes, And that's my journey um, right now, in this season, is to be the servant to all in any area of ministry outside in the community. Because truly, my life is a hundred percent surrendered to God. Because when you go through a trial, you know when you're you're not certain how long your kidneys are going to um, keep up with you, your total trust is going to be in God. And so he can turn anything, any situation that you might have, it's that relationship in trusting God that all is going to be okay. And so for us together, you know, we can experience the continued transformation. Like Coach said, it's not a one-time transformation or a second-time transformation. Transformation is always ongoing because you saw the scripture that when Christ appears, we will be like him. Amen. And that's the goal for all of us. We should be like Christ.
0: Amen. How about a half of David? Yeah. Dave, right, hang around a little bit. You can help me pray at the end. Let's all stand as the worship team come forward. You know, a transformation, let me tell you what, as long as you're alive, God is continually tra- transforming your life to become more like him.